ready to take a ride, grab your coffee, and strap yourself in. If you listen, I can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening, you're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Is today Labor Day? Is today some kind of federal holiday? It is. Oh, it man. is, it is. So everything is closed. <laughs> man. You know, between America, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna harp on America. Look, we don't get that many holidays, but you ought to see Bali. There's like a holiday every week. I'm not joking you. Sometimes two. They say Bali is the place to come and get many days off of work. Well, the same with Germany, Canada. I mean, they get two months off. Everybody. Wow. Now that sounds like a pretty good deal. Vacation every year, two months. Uh-huh. Is it paid? Um, yes, it is. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that is one good thing about Germany. uh, There's got to be a downside somewhere there in productivity. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. I heard over in some part of, um, I don't know, is it Finland or Norway, they like take all of your money, like 70%. But uh, uh, if you don't want to work, you don't have to. They still give you a check because they already got all your money. Oh, well, that's called welfare over here in America. <laughs> I think they give you free school and free everything, but that's at seventy percent of your paycheck. So you make a hundred, you give them seventy bucks. If you make a hundred, you get seventy. No, so you, they you, keep you thirty percent tax or seventy percent tax. No, you give them seventy dollars. Seventy percent goes to the government. Yes, <laughs> but you know. I was just with somebody in California in a, in a little village who had a kayak store, and he said by the time he pays federal, state, county, city, and town, he's paying almost 70%. Well, it's time for him to get on that so kayak that does, and keep on paddling. Go down the Colorado River and keep going east. <laughs> keep going, yeah. To where, D.C.? Uh, I heard there's a lot of rains out in Vegas, so he might be able to maneuver where it was dry before. Maybe he can still get on through, get all the way to D.C. That's right. Oh, Lord, have mercy. That's horrible. That's horrible. Well, folks, when you think you got it bad, you could be in one of those places. Um, well, well, you could be in Fazilbad, Pakistan right now, where yes. there's such an uprising that the Islamics are burning churches and Christian homes. They're throwing firebombs, you know, like Coke bottle bombs, through the windows of believers. And I've got pictures here of the village, the, uh, the group of people that we uh, support there. Then also our two churches in Haiti. The streets are just um, riled up with people that are just rebelling against everything. But... Um, you know, when young people rebel and they don't have um, a direction for it, all they do then is just fight and burn and, and destroy things. Yeah. So there's many places in the world right now that are under extreme persecution. Um, Pakistan wants all the Christians out. They want to be Islamic nation. India, under Moto, is now rising up and wants to be a Hindu nation. Wow. And want all the Christians out. And, uh, you know, you think that's terrible. But then look at even Israel and the ultra-Orthodox. They rise up and they want everyone out but the Jews. So, you know, there aren't that many safe places 
for for real strong Christians to go worldwide right now outside of America and and places in Europe and whatever. But Africa's opening up, and um, Uganda's having a, a tremendous revival right now. Our churches in Rwanda are doing really well. Uh, Cameroon is opening up. So many places in Africa are experiencing some real moves of the Lord. I'm not joking you. Some months back, I was thinking about Africa because I heard that there are some nations over there that uh, are pro-Christian and uh, anti-vax, and um, there was a lot of positives. My wife said, though, you're not black. And I said, my skin color may not be black, but my cousin's Martin Luther King Jr. Doesn't that count for something? I would think so. (laughs) (laughs) And that's true. True Sometimes I used to wonder in America, you know, why why God put us in a white body? You know, you could have gone into anywhere. You could have been Indonesian. Um, That's true. But uh, anyway, anyway, those are... Those are something that we'll have to find out on the other side. Well, I tell you what, folks, we do have a lot to be thankful for today, and we do need to pray for our brethren in these places where there's heavy persecution. That's horrible, because uh, we're certainly not yeah. hearing about that on the news, are we? Are we? Are they getting much news coverage of what's going on in Pakistan, for some example? Of it, some of it is in Pakistan. Uh, I've got photos coming through, but I'm getting most of it just directly from the from the kids there. And again, like I've said before, the four fellowships we have in Pakistan are all young people. You know, the pastors are in their mid-20s. One is 28. Um, a couple of the women are 26, 27. Um, so, yeah, that's the, they're the oldest that I know, and in, in they're under 30. Of course. That uh, are picking up the banner and running. We can't count on our State Department. Everywhere uh, I go, like this past uh, 10 days, week or so, I've been in Calgary Campground in Ashland, Virginia. I've known them for over 30 years now. Yes, sir. Um, And everyone is looking for and towards the next generation. So who is God raising up now in your 20s or even in your young 30s that are going to take the baton? Well, I tell you because, what. Uh, you know, many of us, uh, I'm still very young. Uh, I'm in my mid-40s. I'm just stuck in a 75-year-old body. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, someone's got to start to be able to run this race. And it is happening in America. There's some really good young ministries coming forth. They're not going to look like us. They're not going to look like classic Pentecostals or, uh, you know, charismatics or such. But they are definitely moving in the gifts and have a vision for their generation. The other thing, Shannon, is these young people are very computer savvy. So they know how to work through Facebook, work through TikTok and, and whatever. So do you. But, 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 um, that's a generation of how they really communicate and move in the Lord. Well, I tell you, it really is a, um, <clears throat> it's something that uh, causes pause for thought because if uh, they're believing that uh, there is going to be another generation, then uh, so much uh, for the world ending in 10 years, and uh, it could be that 
exact way. We may have more time than we thought, and uh, if that's the case and we don't pass the baton and get the next generation trained up, we're in some serious trouble. And uh, that really uh, comes home to me because, you know, I have three little ones here, and I'm thinking, uh, should the Lord tarry, I've got to transmit what I know to them. Uh, I'm yes. one of the last of a generations that remember the early church of the the 70s and the 80s. A church that's quite different than today. You know, the different music, different format. You know, I'm still hanging on with the King James Bible, and I will to my dying breath. But there's many that have moved on well, to well, non-inspired <laughs> versions. So yes. I've got to pass some way, transmit some way to them should the Lord tarry and I croak that at least they've got a running start to survive because we may be here longer than we thought. Granted, Lord help us. Amen. Well, I I would certainly walk in that, Shannon. Uh, I certainly do. I believe we do have a lot more time. And even if Jesus comes tomorrow, we should still be living our lives to to pass on what we have down to generations. Um, That was the problem we had actually in the late 70s. Everyone pulled back. David Wilkerson, there were so many books and prophecies at the end of the world in 1982, and and then Jesus is coming in 88. Right. And, uh, I mean, I remember, you know, telling young people, why go to college? Jesus is going to be coming next year. Wow. You know, why go to all the problems? And um, I'm glad they didn't listen to me, but but that really was what was going on then, you know. And and even investing, um, you know, why bother investing? Why do Social Security? Opt out of the system, you know. Jesus is coming anyway in a year. Why put it in? If you remember that back in the '80s, absolutely. And uh, a lot of a lot of people made a lot of mistakes with their lives. Um, thinking that everything was going to end. And uh, that's one of the reasons why God has to have a revival every generation, because most parents are not passing it down to their generation, to their kids. Boy, that's the truth. And um, and I know that people... You know, if you, go to a, I can say, if you go to a Jewish synagogue, they don't have children's church. The kids are always in every service with the parents. And they're always there with the parents passing it on down. The Jewish prayers, the holidays, Passover, all of it is having the kids involved. It's it's not even in the Jewish concept to go off into another room by yourself to be blessed and leave your kids somewhere else. Right. Absolutely. The whole thing with Judaism is generations. Well, you know, they start and, running uh, young. Uh, mm-hmm. How old is a person when they have their, uh, what's the ceremony? Is it age 13? What? Bar, bar mitzvah. Bar mitzvah. Yes, 13. Bar and bat mitzvah are 13. Yes. Look, mm-hmm. and what is the average 13-year-old American doing, non-Jewish? Uh, they're, they're probably stuck to uh, TikTok and Xbox and mm-hmm. PlayStation. Um, we're not training them up in the way that they should go so that when they're old they will not depart sadly in America and I need to do a better job myself 
because I have been in that frame, of, you know, frame of mind that uh, you know it's over. Uh, the Lord's coming back in just a few years, but not so quick. We just don't know. It's always looked that way with all that's mm-hmm. been going on in the news, so horrible that you think, well, surely the New World Order is getting ready to release the mark, but we were thinking that way in the 70s. No, 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 no. Back in the 1830s, it's, you know, the Rosicrucians and, and um, you know, all of those were coming forth back then. Lord forgive Early us. Early 1800s. Mm-hmm. So... I, I'm I'm living like life is going to continue on. If Jesus comes and takes us out of here, that's wonderful. Um, we're prepared yes. in a sense for that. But uh, I don't want to be left slack, even financially. I don't want to be sitting back and and just uh, you know saying, "Well, I don't need it. I don't need to do this. We don't need to work anymore. We don't need ministry." You know, Jesus is coming. And, uh, okay, well. I hear you. Good opening <laughs> word you, Lord. tonight of wisdom. Folks, we're live with the Coens, <laughs> Brother Ron and Sister Miriam. Website, roncohen.org. Welcome. This is a live program. We're here on Labor Day, September 4th, 2023. Uh, Brother Ron, Sister Miriam, you want to open us in prayer? And the mic is yours. Good, thank you. I will do that. So, Lord, I do thank you for this time, and why we mention it, do I do lift up our young people, Father, in Fazulbad, Pakistan. Uh, the young pastor there was just shot yesterday. Uh, they didn't kill him, um, and uh, so I've got uh, pictures of him and even uh, live thing. This is just a young pastor in a small little fellowship, you know, maybe 30 people. He got shot. And uh, but the Islamics were rejoicing in front of the church because it happened, and the police stand idly by. They do not interfere with any uprisings. So, Lord, I thank you for Lord an invisible sense of protection around your people, your believers, Lord, in these countries, Lord, in Pakistan, Afghanistan, Lord, Iran, Syria, Lord, India. Lord, that you would protect, Lord, even in Indonesia. Lord, uh, I know the Christians have, at the t- at, at right now, have been well accepted by this Islamic nation of Indonesia, have been well accepted. But Lord, I thank you for protection for all of them in Jesus' name. Blessing and provision. And the only way this is going to happen for them to be really built up in faith so they all have to, worldwide, I mean, we all have to be able to grab hold of God in faith. And, you know, only those who see the invisible can do the impossible. That's a good statement for you, Shannon. Only those who see the invisible can do the impossible. And we've been talking the past weeks about how do we speak What do we say? What should be coming out of our mouth? And we know fear should not be spoken. Make no agreement with fear. Make no agreement with sickness and disease. Don't own it. How many people in the prayer lines will come up to me and say, will you pray for my cancer? And I said, well, what what do you want me to do with it if it's yours? 
<laughs> you know, it's kind of, you might say, well, we really know what they're saying, but we've got to watch what we're saying. Don't own sickness and disease. Don't own COVID. Don't own fear in any way. Second Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. In a sense, we walk by the invisible and not by what we see. We believe for the impossible. We believe for what's impossible in the natural realm to happen. Even for all of the finances, for, uh, for Omega Man and all the other ministries. Things that appear to be impossible in the natural realm, we have to keep believing for. Keep it open, then. Just like that. Okay. Keep it open. Thank you. You know, last week we talked about 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6 in the King James. For though we walk in the flesh or in this natural realm, in our natural body, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not of this world. You know, we're not talking about guns and ammunitions and even karate or anything physical. But they're mighty through God to pulling down strongholds. And we saw that a stronghold was something that is built up in our minds, mm-hmm. casting right. down imaginations. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ and having readiness to revenge all disobedience. So again, we read this whole thing on walking in the, in, uh, in, in the spirit realm, our weapons of warfare, and I say, where in this whole passage does it say demons, demonic, or Satan? In the Passion Translations, for although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign imploring human weapons using manipulation to achieve our aim. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance to the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and and, uh, insist that it bow down to the anointing of God, the anointed one. And since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, what dynamic weaponry? To take capture of our thoughts. So again, in all of these uh, trans- in all of these uh, passages, it's not talking about the devil is. It's not talking about demonic. But your real enemy out there is your thoughts, your thought life, what you have built up, how you think, how you think about yourself, how you see yourself, how you see who God is. And so that's our real warfare, and that it talks about there. Um, then in, in Romans 10, 6, and 7, and uh, the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. 
do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven or who will descend into the abyss, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart, the word of faith which we preach. The word, your words in your mouth and in your heart. So we need to reorder our conversation to bring it into alignment with the word of God. Romans 10, 9, and 10, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will have full salvation. Now, this doesn't mean just getting saved, you know, that I'm, I'm not going to hell, I'm going to have eternal life. This is, this is a full salvation for your whole life. For with the heart one believes into righteousness, and with the mouth, 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 confession is made unto salvation. So we were talking last week that God can't answer a prayer to do something he's already done. So if you keep asking God, God, please heal me. God, please provide me. God, I need this. Will you please do it? And God can, can't answer that. He can only say, look what it says in my word in that. It says that in Second Peter uh, one three that I have provided everything that you need for life and godliness. I provided everything you need to do these these things, everything you need for your life, for your ministry, for your family. Everything has already been taken care of. Let me see if I can find this for us right now for a second. Here, somewhere here it is. Okay. Amen. Even concerning healing. You know, by his stripes we have already been healed. My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. So what are we to say? If God has already healed us 2,000 years ago, and we're not to keep asking for healing, then what are we to say? Okay, God, how to then do I receive that which you have already done for me? Lord, how do I receive then this provision that you've already laid up for me for all of our lives, for our ministries, for our work, for our families. You said you have it all laid up for us. How then do we receive it? We have to then to definitely live and move and live by faith and to begin to see life from another dimension. We live here in a three-dimensional world but then we can go into time, we can go into a fourth dimension, and the Bible talks about ten dimensions. So we need to then raise ourselves up to see things from a multidimensional world, a multidimensional place in God. One of the things that we've been doing in our Sunday night meeting, we've been going through um, the, the book of Philippians, Last night we were in Philippians chapter 3, 
And there's some very strong verses there that Paul is talking about how then do we live today? Because so many have had so much problems in their past, in their childhood, so much abuse, so much trauma, not only growing up, but with marriages, business, families, failures, accidents, trials, tribulations, all the things that's part of life in a way in this fallen world. But then how are we to live? Paul talks very much about laying aside our past, turning from our past. He's not talking about going into years of counseling. He's talking about completely turning aside. One thing, God does not go fishing in your past. God's not out there trying to open up or to go back into the old nature, the old man. Philippians 3a, to truly know him meant letting go of everything from my past, says Paul, and throwing all the boasting on a garbage heap. It's like a pile of manure to me now. It says that in the Amplified, like a pile of manure to me, uh, Paul is saying. Well, so what I would like to do today is to go into Philippians chapter 3 and uh, read it to us. We'll read it, and we'll talk about it a little bit and do some ministry for everyone on really giving their past end up to God and turning from it. We've got to break the shackles, the ties, the, the things that are the, the ruts in the road, the ruts and the thing that keeps getting people to slip back into the thinking of their past. Uh, you know, I talked to many, many, <laughs> we talked to in their 60s and 70s, still dealing with the hurt of a father who passed away 20 years ago, still dealing with the hurts of that. And uh, we, we need to be able to go on with life. And Paul, it, was, it says in Philippians 3, Paul is speaking, and I will start in uh, verse 8. So to truly know him meant letting go of everything from my past. Well, Paul was talking that he was born a Hebrew and the heritage of Israel, a son of, uh, of a Jewish man, a family of the tribe of Benjamin. Says that he was circumcised eight days after his birth. He was raised in the strict tradition of Orthodox Judaism, living a separate and devout life as a Pharisee. Concerning righteousness of the law of the Torah, no one surpassed me, says Paul. I was without a peer. Furthermore, as a fiery defender of the truth, I persecuted the Jewish believers, Messianic believers, with religious zeal. Yet all of the accomplishments that I once took for credit, I have now forsaken them, and I regard all as nothing compared to the delight of experiencing Jesus Christ as my Lord. I think, remember, we were talking about um, 
uh, uh, where was it? In the Nostalation of Ephesians, where Paul said, God chose to reveal his son in me. I think that's even right here in Philippians uh, chapter 1. God chose to reveal his son. So Paul had such a revelation of Yeshua, of Jesus, when he came to the Lord. He did not see Jesus as God, as a statue, as something, as a painting, or hanging on the wall, or even as God outside of himself. He came to the Lord so strongly that Jesus revealed himself inside of him. Remember, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. In you, Christ in me, the hope of glory. That's a big statement. What are we saying there in that? It's not just the Christ in the heavens, in the heavenlies, but it's Christ in you that's the answer to the problems and the situations of life in this fallen human world. So to truly know him, Paul is saying, meant letting go of everything from my past and throwing all my boasting on the garbage heap. It's like a pile of manure to me now so that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ and embrace him as Lord in all his greatness. My passion, says Paul, is to be consumed with him and not clinging to my own righteousness, my own ways, my own thoughts, based in keeping a written law. My righteousness will be based in him. Now, we did that several things, teachings on receiving the righteousness of God, living in his righteousness. My righteousness will be based on the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, the very righteousness that comes from God. And I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus more fully and to experience the overflowing power of his resurrection working in me. I will be one with his suffering and in his suffering, and I will be one with him in his death. Remember, when Jesus died, you died in him. When Jesus rose from the dead, you rose with him. And he says that he's now seated with him in heavenly places. He's seated with him. So you are seated then in him and he in you in heavenly places, in the heavens with the Father. Now, only then will I be able to completely experience oneness with him in his resurrection from the realm of death. Now, here's a very important verse for me. I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. That's what Paul says. But I run with passion into his abundance that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill, that I may reach the purposes of God in my life 
in our life, in Shannon's life. This is, this is our goal, to reach that purpose has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart on the future instead. I forget all of my past. And you can, you know, we live in God's eternal present. No matter what you've been through in your past, you can't change it. It's already happened. Whether you've been abused or raped, whether you've been given honors, no matter what happened, you can't relive it, redo it. It already happened. Paul says here, and in many other places in the scripture, you have to give your past to the Lord. Forgetting the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. Mm -mm -mm. So I have this one thing, compelling force in my life. I want to go on with God. I, want, I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gazing the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. So let all who are fully mature have this same passion. And if anyone has not yet gripped by these desires, God will reveal them to him. And let us all advance together to reach the victory prize. Together. This is, this is all. We're all one family. We're all one body in Christ. We all have to follow forward this one path, a path with perfection. It says here, uh, let me read it in Philippians 3. Here we go. And uh, starting in verse 12 in King James, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, says Paul, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has already laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself as having apprehended. He doesn't say I've finished, you know, I've gotten everything I need. I, I, he's still running. But one thing I do, one thing, one thing I do. He's not saying, you know, I'm praying every day. I'm doing this every day. I'm, you know, he said, this is the one thing I do every day. Forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And so let all of you that are mature and have this mind, he's saying this is the way, this is the answer right now. You need to be able to forget 
everything of your past, of the hurts of your past, going all the way back to childhood, for some even back to the womb. Some of you that, you know, knew that you were about ready to be aborted, but you got saved, that you were put up for adoption, thinking your parents never, no matter what the situation was, no matter how bad it may appear, Paul says you need to forget it, you need to put that behind you, and then he says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I seize it, I possess it to take over and for it to take over me. I press to the goal of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. If we were able to all do this live and we were together in one room, I would take a long red ribbon and put it across the floor and have us stand behind it. Maybe the red ribbon representing the blood of Jesus. I remember I used to teach this for years, forgetting the past. And uh, I would have an old garbage bag, you know, just a shopping bag. And in it, I would put a stick, I would put a, uh, an alcohol bottle, a beer bottle, um, you know, put a, maybe a belt or a rope, um, put in documents, put in a divorce paper. I would just fill this bag up with, with stuff of the past. You know, here's the stick you used to be beaten with. You know, here's, here's divorce papers from prior husbands or wives. You know, here's, here's uh, bankruptcy papers. You know, and, and pick up the shopping bag behind that uh, red ribbon and where Paul would say, forgetting those things that lie behind. And we'd turn around and put that shopping bag down, put the abuse down, put everything in there, the alcoholic parents, put that down and cross over that red ribbon into fulfilling the upward call of God in our lives. We have to do it. We have to do it now. There's too many in the body of Christ who have been saved for years and years that your past is still an anchor, a rope around you still holding you back, still having, you know, consuming your mind and your thoughts. For some, it's just, you know, as a counselor, I would just sit in people, and it wouldn't be but just seconds. They would be spilling forth things that have happened to them 20, 30 years ago. We've got to go on with God, and we've got to grab hold of what Jesus has already done. Remember, you are a new creation in Christ. We read that in that Second Corinthians five seventeen. You are a new creation in Christ. Old things are already passed away, and all things are and have become new. So, do you really believe that? Then, do you believe you're a new creation in Christ? and old things are passed away. If you believe it, then it would come out of your mouth. 
You would speak it. You would say it. You would be thinking it. You wouldn't be dwelling on pains of an old boyfriend, an old girlfriend, or husband, wife, or even teachers, even things growing up as children. Maybe some of you were bullied, and you can still remember the names of the bully and the person and situation, but it's time to get on with life. We've got to break these cords, kind of like a hot air balloon, and we're sitting in this basket, and you've got these ballasts, these sandbags that are tied, that are holding you down, and one of the bags is your past, and the thoughts of your past. We read earlier, and that taking captive of every thought, your past doesn't exist anymore. It went away years ago. You can't bring it back. You can't change it. It already happened. The only thing you can do is, like Paul said, put it behind you. Turn around. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Step over that line. Step through the blood and pick up and pick up and apprehend the high calling of God on your life, on every one of your lives. God has, and we say, a plan and a purpose before the foundations of the world. God had a plan and a purpose. You are all born with a destiny. Every one of you, every one of you, you've had a destiny placed within you from the foundations of the world. From the foundations of the world. And then, 1 Corinthians 10, um, uh, 1 and 130 and 110, and that you are his workmanship, recreated in good for good works, which God prepared beforehand for you to walk in. You are his workmanship, which God prepared beforehand for you to walk in. We're not even talking about 10 years ago. We're not talking about when you were a child. From the beginnings of time, before God ever created the earth, this planet, before he ever put animals and vegetation, before he ever put Adam and Eve and the garden, before any of that, you are already in him with a purpose for your life. And for so many, you spend years and years trying to find that purpose. It can't be that difficult. That's what you were born for. That's what you were created for. And one of your purposes is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the life of living in faith with him as a believer on this planet. You are called as sons of God, small s. We're all sons, daughters of the Most High God. And as a son, you're called as a royal priesthood, a holy nation. As a son, you're called to rule and reign the territory that God has put you in even now. 
Many are praying, God, where do I go? Where do I go? Well, first of all, deal with right where you are. Rule and reign in the territory that God has given you. It could be your house. It could be your neighborhood, your blocks. could be your town, your city, your county, your state, your whole country. Rule and reign as a son. Take authority of the darkness that's trying to envelop you. Take authority over it. Come forth in who you are. In who you are, not in who you think you were. Come forth in who you are. And as Paul said, forgetting those things that lie behind, I stretch forward to the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's for every one of you. Remember, your citizenship is in heaven, not in this earthly. And so we are also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform your lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. So your real citizenship, your real place of life, is not this earthly realm. It's in the heavenly realm. It's in the heavens. And to do that, you've got to break the cords, the sand ballast, the anchors that have kept you tied down into this earthly realm of thoughts and of life. And so, Lord, I do lift up everyone listening now. And I thank you that Paul's word to us in Philippians chapter 3 is for all of us. And even now, we just speak out of our mouth. Father God, in Jesus' name, I do forget my past. I give it to you. It's not talking about going to therapy. It's not talking about going to counseling. It's just, I give it to you, Lord. I give you my past, as broken as it was for me, for Shannon, for anyone else listening, as, as broken as your past was, you lay it down now. You turn from it, cross over. Lord, I cross over that line of blood Lord, that long ribbon extended in front of me. Lord, I lay down that garbage bag full of the hurts and pains of childhood and growing up. I lay it down. I cross over and go through the blood of Jesus into and extend my hands into that high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Lord, I set my mind on these things, not on the earthly, but on the glorious things, Lord, of the heavenly realm. I set my mind, Lord, into fulfilling what you have called me to do in this earthly realm. Lord, you said to do that, just to set my mind there. Lord, I thank you for Second Peter 1, 3 that your divine power has given to us all everything that pertains to life and godliness. 
through the knowledge of him who called me by glory and virtue. Lord, I thank you for Second Peter 2.24, that you himself, you bore my sins, our sins, in your own body on the tree, that all of us, having died to sins, might live to righteousness, and by whose stripes I have already been healed. 2,000 years ago, I have already been healed. Lord, I give every sickness and disease that would be, Lord, in my body, Lord, in Miriam, and then for any of those that are listening now, I give every sickness and disease to you. For you say that by your stripes, I have already been healed. By your resurrection, I have already been fully provided for. I thank you, Lord, that you opened up a new life. When you rose from the dead, I rose with you. Lord, and I live in a higher dimension than this earthly realm. Lord, I'm not bogged down by the affairs of this world system. Lord, we can all see that it's, this world is passing away. The darkness is increasing and covering. But, Lord, we are called to live far above principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual hosts of wickedness. Lord, we are to set our mind on things above and not on the things of the earth. For we have died and our life is hid with Christ in God. So, Lord, I choose to set my mind on things above. And, Lord, I take everyone listening with me, because that's your word. Lord, I choose to set my mind on things above and not on the affairs of this fallen world around me. And I choose to turn from my past. I choose to turn from the things of the past in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, I choose to live new life today. And Lord, I speak that, I pronounce it, I send it forth. I send forth healing, I send forth life, I send forth the oil of joy. Lord, we also said in Philippians 3, 1, Lord, to count it all joy, to rejoice in the Lord. Lord, don't ever limit your joy or fall or fail to rejoice in the wonderful experience of knowing our Lord Jesus. And Paul wrote that at the time he was in prison. Paul wrote that to those who were going through great trials and persecutions under Roman rule that hated the Christianity that was coming forth. Hated it. That's where he lived. And yet he said, rejoice in the wonderful experience of knowing our Lord Jesus. Finding my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Lord, we rejoice in the Lord always, and again we rejoice. And I thank you, Father, even as I opened up a little while ago, Lord, we are to see things, Lord, to see things, Father, 
but from the invisible realm. From the invisible realm. Amen. 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 The same anointing that was on Jesus is on all of us. God has anointed us with the Holy Ghost and with power. And we go about doing good, healing all who are sick and oppressed of the devil today. And so those who can see the invisible can see their healing, can see their success, can see their deliverance, can see their, their, their fellowship with the Father, can see their sonship. Only those who can see the invisible can do the impossible. Can do the impossible. So Lord, I thank you, Father, for this time today. Lord, I thank you for this program. Lord, I thank you for Omega Man. I thank you for the provision that you have already laid up for Omega Man, for our ministry, and for all the ministries, Lord, that are involved now, that are laying their lives down to reach the world. Lord, I thank you for your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Folks, if you're joining us, we're live with Brother Ron and Miriam Cohen. What shall we title this for the archive today? Boy, what are we going to entitle it? Seeing the Invisible. Seeing the Invisible. It is. Believing mm-hmm. the Impossible. Oh, man. Seeing the Invisible. That would be good. But also getting rid of our past. And that not being not being chained any longer to our past. Awesome. Amen. Amen. Give out your mm-hmm. contact information. How do people reach you in your ministry? Yes. And then be a part of some of the uh, things. You know, in a few hours from now, we're going to go over to Germany on Zoom. If any of you have a heart for Germany and would like to join us, um, just contact me. I'll send you that link. Um, also, Sunday night is our main meeting here in the States that we do by phone. Uh, so just contact me. Uh, my website is roncohen.org, R-O-N-C-O-H-E-N.org. Email is roncohen47 at AOL.com, R-O-N-C-O-H-E-N-47 at AOL.com. My phone is 302 559 one seven six six three zero two five five nine one seven six six. And if you would like a little help uh, working through what we just shared today, uh, would you like some personal prayer? Feel feel free to give me a call, and we'll schedule a time together. And if you'd like to just bless our two, our, we have two hundred children in Haiti that we feed every month the beginning of the month now i have to get that over to them if you would like to help haiti if you'd like to help rwanda pakistan or india uh you can give into our ministry uh through paypal through zelle through any credit cards just call me our paypal though is uh through ron cohen 47 at aol.com and i think zelle is the same cash app is the same Amen. And then uh, while you're doing that, please don't forget Omega Man Ministries also to keep this program alive on the air. 
my friends. Okay, uh, well, thank you, Shannon. Thank you for coming here today, bringing a great word. And Sister Miriam, would you like to close us in prayer? Um, you want to? I think I will. She's okay. just on the other side here. Yes, sir. So thank you, Lord. Uh, Lord, I thank you for this time today. Lord, we seal this word into our hearts and our minds. Lord, we take captive of every opposing thought. Lord, and I speak life and blessing to everyone listening today that we press toward the call, the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We turn from our past and we receive and walk in the new life in Christ. Lord, I bless Shannon and Omega Man and his family. Lord, I bless all of you that are listening today that you receive that special anointing of God on your life now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, Shannon David. Love you all. Thank you for coming on today. And we will see you next time. God bless you all. Amen. Bless you, Shannon. Thank you. Coming up next, Michael Basham. The greatest gospel 